What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to Politics by Faith. We did a TV special the other day about Israel in the Middle East. And I thought these guests were worth sharing with you. So we talked with Dennis Prager here first, trying to get some theology and some broader history. The other day we talked, well, the guest before him was Alan Dershowitz, and we put that in the podcast the other day for you. Uh, And that was more recent history, like 100, 200 years. Uh, But Prager, I wanted to go back thousands of years and get some theology. And then we talked with the man behind the Abraham Accords, peace in the Middle East. We talked about culture and what we need to know about cultures of the people in the Middle East. Let's go right to the great Dennis Prager, host of The Dennis Prager Show, founder of Prager U, author of The Rational Bible. Now a few additions, please buy all of them. Mr. Prager, how are you, sir? Thanks for having me. What is the special connection between Jews and Israel, Christians and Israel, and America and Israel? The Exodus story, which is the the central story of the Hebrew Bible, there there are two pillars of the Jewish faith, creation and Exodus. And just as for Christians, it's the crucifixion and the resurrection. For Jews, it's creation and Exodus. God takes the, the Jews, the Hebrews, Israelites, whatever term you wish to use, out of Egypt to bring them into a land and there to practice a faith that will hopefully be a moral light to the nations, as Isaiah put it. The whole story revolves around Israel. There have been only two, and now three, independent sovereign states in that area of the world, in what the Romans decided to call Palestine, so as to de-Judaize the area that had been known as Judea. 
And those three states have all been Jewish states. There has never been an Arab state. There has never been a Muslim state. There has never been any state other than Jewish. And there have been three of them. One was destroyed in 586 BC, one in 70 AD, and one was created in 1948 AD. And that's the modern state of Israel. The indigenous people to the area, since people are into indigenous people, are the Jews. The only people who lived there before that are not around any longer, Canaanites, Gilgamites, and the like. So it all centers around Israel. Uh, in fact, uh, Muhammad prayed toward Jerusalem un until the Jews did not accept him as a prophet, and then it was toward Mecca. Okay, Mr. Berger, what is so, the yeah, so, special relationship okay. between Christians and Israel? Right. Uh, the, uh, excellent. I was coming to that. So, so remember, two-thirds of the Christian Bible is the Old Testament. The Old mm -hmm. Testament revolves around Israel, and Israel is therefore central to, to Christianity. That, that is the Holy Land, not just to Jews, it is the Holy Land to Christians. And certainly, obviously, those where Jesus was, where he preached, and where he uh, where he was crucified, and where he was resurrected. The whole the whole story takes place uh, in in Israel. Bethlehem is is in Israel, so uh, it, it's of course central to Christianity. As regards the United States of America, it is not even well known to Americans, but many of the founders of the United States regarded the United States as the second Israel, not as a replacement of the first Israel, it's very important, but as the second Israel. The Jews were chosen, and we're the second chosen people. We're the second Israel. Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson designed a great seal for the United States of America, and that seal depicted the Jews leaving Egypt and those were the least religious of the founders. That was Franklin and Jefferson. So this has yeah. all been central. As America abandons its dominant religion, which is Christianity, and I say this as a Jew, as a practicing Jew, as it abandons that, the, the centrality of the Jews and of Israel begins to dissipate. And we're seeing mm -hmm. that happening. What is the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12, and does that matter today and in this situation at all? This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Well, we we have now the 
you're not referring to the Abraham Accords, the covenant between God and Abraham. Is that what you're referring exactly to? Exactly right. Yeah, that, exactly. Yes. Yes. Well, that's the beginning of the Jewish people. Is the is the covenant between God and Abraham? Abraham is the first the monotheist and the, the father of the Jewish people, and uh, through uh, through Isaac, then Jacob, and Jacob gets his name changed to Israel. Israel means struggle with God. It's a wonderful lesson that humans are allowed to struggle with God. God is okay with that. We're allowed to get angry with God. And there's a lot of theology there. What about the rest of the Genesis 12 there where it talks about those who bless Israel will be blessed, those whose curse will be cursed? What do you make of that in today's world? Oh, it's actually literally accurate. You can be an atheist and, and realize that that is true. I, <laughs> I wrote a column on this. It's on the internet. That That is exactly what has happened. Spain was one of the great world powers, and then it kicked out its Jews in 1492, and we haven't heard from Spain you know, in 500 years. Yeah. And it, it, Germany, of course, cursed the Jews. Germany was then divided. Vast numbers of Germans suffered horribly as a result of it. it, it the it, Germany would, would cannot, no German could argue that Germany prospered as a result of its hatred of Jews. It became a curse for the German people. They were divided for, let's see, from 1945 to 1989. And uh, and they, uh, as I said, they lost so many people because they bought into the Nazi anti-Semitism. And the United States has been the most blessed country in the world for quite some time. And it is the country that has most blessed its Jews. So whether one likes this or not, whether one even agrees with the theology, it turns out to be a fact. And by the way, the Arab world has cursed the Jews in, in the modern period, and it's in terrible shape. Yep. And, yep. and Iran, Iran curses the Jews, and its own people are suffering under the people who curse the Jews, the regime in which, un, under which they suffer. So as I said, you can be an atheist and understand that those who bless the Jews are blessed and those who curse the Jews are cursed. Yep, another example of the Bible being true. My last question for you, Mr. Prager. Uh, what does Judaism say about war? And I ask this because there's a, a, a difficult scripture for many people in 1 Samuel uh, telling King Saul to go kill all the Am Amalek and everything. A man, woman, child, infant, camel, donkey, the whole thing. And then God was angry well, that Saul didn't do it. Well, there's, there's, there's nothing to be learned from incidents that are sui generis, that are unique. There is no prescription in the Bible. When you go to war, you will destroy all the inhabitants of the place that you go to war. There is no such principle. So I, I, I can't comment on 2,000 years ago or 2,500 years ago, uh, the... the the command to wipe out Amalekites uh, because it's unique. It's like, do we learn from the Bible that uh, we should kill the firstborn of, of an enemy? Of course not. God did it for a certain purpose. Only God knows why. I mean, we know why. It was to get the Jews out of Egypt, but why he chose that means is the 10th plague. So the, as a principle, you only have wars of defense. 
uh, in fact, Ibn Khaldun, the greatest Arab writer who ever lived in the Middle Ages, wrote in the Muqaddimah, the, the introduction to history, said, unlike Christians and Jews, we Muslims, we will kill people who do not convert to our faith. We, we will use the sword to make converts. And, and so it, it, this is not a principle in, uh, in Judaism. You're allowed to fight in a defensive war. And, and that is all Israel has done repeatedly. As I say in my talk, explaining the Middle East, which has been seen many, many millions of times, it's on the internet, it's at PragerU, it's five minutes long. One side wants the other side dead. And we all know which side wants which side dead. And I ask one question, if Israel announced we will we will lay down our arms and stop fighting, what would happen the next day? And if the Palestinians said, we will lay down our arms and not fight, what would happen the next day? We now know, although I knew it then, and anyone who was honest knew, if, if Israel said it, they would be exterminated. If the Palestinians said it, there would be peace. Ah, beautiful. Dennis Prager, obviously Prager you and everyone go by all the different commentaries of the first five, working on the first five books of the Bible called the Rational Bible. Mr. Prager, it's an honor, sir. Thank you. My honor. Thank you. Mike Slater on the first TV. Public Square app. Listen, uh, what happened in Israel the other day was a wake up call for a lot of people. And you see it in the universities. I think a lot of people were like, well, I didn't even know so many people owned Palestinian flags. What is going on in my town? I did not anticipate this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I think people have been surprised the last few years also about businesses and how they don't share our values at all. Like, not even close, antithetical to attack our values. So let's stop doing business with them. Public Square, that's the mission here. Uh, that, that they put together is to get a collection of businesses all across the country and in your town of people who share your values. So now you can only spend money with people that you would want to be spending money with. It's a totally free app, public square. They went public recently, so they're thriving and growing and doing really, really important things. So join it, it's totally free, publicsq.com and the public square app in the app store. And with the historic Abraham Accords, we had peace in the Middle East. Can you believe that? We had peace until this character came along. He doesn't know what he was doing. His name was Crooked Joe Biden. Aryeh Lightstone was one of the men behind those Abraham Accords. Former senior advisor to the U.S. ambassador to Israel. Israel, author of Let My People Know, the incredible story of Middle East peace and what lies ahead. Aryeh, wonderful to meet you, sir. How are you? It's a pleasure to meet you, and I'd like to say great, but I got to be honest, um, it, these are tough times. These are very tough times. 
I am grateful for that. I'm grateful for you saying that, I should say. Um, I, I, I appreciate when people don't treat that as a formality of a question, uh, but tell the truth of it. And I should say, everyone, are you in Jerusalem or where are you in Israel? I'm slightly north of Tel Aviv and we're safe. We've got a, we've got a bomb shelter right underneath us. And if I have to go, I'll pick up my kids and run down there. Wow. Sir, you know more than anyone, what do we need to know about the Muslim world today? And I know that's a big question, so feel free to break it down by country or ethnicity or whatever, but I'm really curious about cultural differences between and, and worldviews between us and people of different parts of the world. What do we need to understand? Sure, so there's an enormous Muslim world. I'm gonna be pretty targeted to the Muslim world that I'm comfortable speaking about with the degree of experience, not expertise, but experience that I have. Uh, and I would like to divide it really into three. You have Iran, and within Iran, which is the Shia uh, type of Islam, you really have two different groups. You have the leadership, which I think would be politely described as psychopaths, uh, and you have the people who are not pleased that they've been ruled by psychopaths for better than 43 years. And I mean by that is the Ayatollahs have this religious cult-like conviction that they themselves are godly, and they can perpetrate whatever they want to the rest of the world. And there are people who the vast, vast, vast majority of them disagree with their theocracy and, and cause of death and destruction throughout the world is, is truly a criminal uh, affair. One, one of the greatest amounts of negligence that the US government has been responsible for during the Obama administration, and again, during the Biden administration, is when the people of Iran themselves stood up to change their leadership we didn't do everything we possibly could in order to be able to help them, and and we'll be we'll be responsible for that basically forever. So that's Iran. Let's leave that aside because that's Shia, uh, which is unique because it's been perverted by these ayatollahs, who again are most politely described as theocratic psychopaths. Then you have the rest of the Middle East, which is mostly composed of Sunni Muslims. Within Sunni Islam, you really have two different pieces of. I mean, there are thousands of different strains. But there are two different ways that I think are relevant to Americans. You have countries like the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain uh, and where Saudi Arabia is going and where Morocco is, which has said that we believe that Islam is supposed to be a light onto the nation. It's not terribly dissimilar to Judeo-Christian values, that when we have religious uh, ideals, it's supposed to make us better people. It's supposed to make us more tolerant people. It's supposed to make us more welcoming people. And we feel that those... Uh, that DNA that's within that level of Islam is supposed to make us enlightened countries. And so that goes from uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed in the United Arab Emirates, King Hamid in, uh, in Bahrain, and what I think the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman in Saudi Arabia is attempting to do, and certainly King Mohammed in Morocco. Then you have leadership who have decided to take Islam and allow it to be radicalized because they can't get out of their own way. And what I mean by that is just let's look at Hamas and Gaza as your most classic example. Um, after the perpetration of this pogrom on October 7th, where there was raping, massacring, beheading, and kidnapping of Jewish people in the south of Israel, the likes of which we could not imagine would occur again after the Holocaust, immediately after that, the leadership of Hamas in Doha, Qatar, at luxury villas made a big scene on Qatari national TV about doing a traditional Islamic prayer. And that was the, the call to continue this, uh, this uh, the struggle, the resistance. 
Um, that's fraudulent. That is not religion. That is not Islam. There is no God that believes in any of that. I, I, I as a rabbi, I'm very confident in saying that is a perversion of any type of religion. And the best way to know that is just look at the people that are involved. The leaders of Hamas, the leaders of this radical Islam, they don't have their lives on the line. They're not part of the resistance. They're living a lap of luxury in Doha, Qatar. So in other words, what does it look like to those of us in the West? It looks like a cult, where the cult leader uh, takes advantage of all of the followers to live in a lap of luxury, and the followers sacrifice in order for that person to be successful. That is ultimately what Hamas is, but with horrendous results. And if you look throughout the rest of the region at some what I would call middling to struggling countries, Jordan, Egypt, etc., because they haven't succeeded as countries, they use Israel as the excuse for not succeeding. And therefore, they use religion in order to be able to keep their people angry, not at them, but rather at Israel and America. Let's also be very clear about this. There's not a single radicalized Muslim who believes that once they conquer Israel and kill the Jews, that they've completed their religious mission. They believe that Israel is just standing in their way to get to America and then the rest of the West. And that is sort of a overall understanding of Islam. But I, I want to put just a finer point on that for one moment. Because of the circumstances of Islam in the region, we have to give all the more credit to the leaders of the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain and Saudi Arabia and Morocco because they're not just fighting a fight against civilization. They're fighting a fight internally that is critical. Mm -hmm. And if, God forbid, any one of them loses that battle, the person behind them will learn the lesson that moderation and, and forward thinking is not how you succeed and live in the region. And God yes. forbid the opposite. Yes, yes, yes. We need to handle that properly. Uh, sir, when, it's a tricky one, I think. It is for me, not for you. At what point can you or can you not hold a people of a country accountable for their leaders? I hear this a lot with Hamas. I hear people say, oh, well, Palestinians, they don't, like Hamas doesn't represent all the Palestinians. The Palestinians aren't Hamas. And you're like, uh, like, how do you, and like, you mentioned Iran, like, oh, you have Iran leaders, but then the people who don't support it. But like at a certain point, it's like, well, that is your country you live in. And those are the people who are running it. Like, how do you balance that? Yeah, no, I think you can contrast this beautifully. And this is the enigma. This is the challenge. And if it wasn't a challenge, Gaza would have been dealt with beforehand. ISIS was easy. You got to sign up to be part of ISIS, right? If you showed up and you were part of ISIS, you were part of ISIS. And therefore, you, the leadership, there's no distinction. There's no difference. Uh, in Iran, the Iranian people in general did not choose the Ayatollahs. And in recent decades, they've tried to stand up against the Ayatollahs. Now, the strength and courage and conviction of people without guns, standing up against ruthless dictators who do have guns, is incredible and they deserve our admiration, but that is how they differentiate themselves from their leaders. There's only been one election in Gaza. That election was more than 15 years ago. During that election, Hamas won by 70 or 80%. Um, that doesn't mean that everybody in Gaza is a card-carrying member of Hamas. It doesn't mean that everybody in Gaza is a card-carrying terrorist, but something interesting for your viewers and listeners to note is that when the attack occurred on October 7th, many, and when I say many, like a third 
of the perpetrators of some of the most violent and horrendous crimes were not Hamas fighters. They were, quote, civilians who lived in Gaza, saw the fence open, were on WhatsApp groups that says it's open season on Jews, let's go. And without any encouraging and without any um, incentives, they went through their border, they crossed into Israeli communities, and without regard for human life, burnt families alive, decapitated heads off of children, kidnapped Holocaust survivors, and raped women tied to their dead friends. These were the people who did not train for this exercise. So when you say, can a people be culpable for their leadership, on occasion, people get the leadership that they deserve. Yes, that's right. Aryeh Lightstone, former senior advisor to U.S. Ambassador of Israel, author of Let My People Know, the incredible story of Middle East peace and what lies ahead, the man behind the Abraham Accords. Aryeh, wonderful to talk to you, sir. I hope we can do it again. Thank you for having me. Please stay safe, you and your family. Coming up next, we'll talk to the rabbi and wrap this up about uh, what's going on in the Middle East right now and how we can best make sense of it all. Mike Slater, First TV, spread the word. Patriot Gold Group, longtime sponsors of this podcast. Well, this podcast has been around for a year, but they've supported our TV show for years before that. They're great, great guys. Patriot Gold Group. They could have called themselves anything. They went with Patriot. They share our values. It's important. Uh, I don't think the economy is going swell. I don't know if there's anything our president can do. I think our debt is out of control, uh, but it's also just geopolitical stuff. Listen, I want Trump to win and I want things to improve. Uh, how much can they? You know, the whole world's going to be working against Trump and against us if he wins, right? Let's get some gold. I do. I have gold. I have gold, and then I have gold in case it like really hits the fan. You can buy gold in like little tiny pieces, and like it breaks off for if you need to like literally exchange for goods and services. That's pretty neat too. Eight 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 six one seven sixty one twenty two. And they also you can have gold in your IRA or four hundred one k. It can be in physical gold and silver as well. Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer seven years in a row. Seven years in a row. 1-888-617-6122. PatriotGoldGroup.com. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.